Hi everyone, this is Editing Suze, and I just wanted to put a quick trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. We do touch on a couple kind of dark subjects like pregnancy loss, self-harm, and suicide. And if any of those subjects are triggering for you, then I encourage you to take care of your mental health and maybe sit this one out or, you know, just go into this episode a little bit prepared. Anyways, we appreciate you listening, and without further ado, here's the episode. Hi, I'm Suze. And I'm Cass. Welcome to Bad Bad Muse. Whoops, missed my intro. (laughs) A podcast where we amuse you with art, history. And really good creative interpretation, sometimes bad though. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay, so today I have another kind of spooky one. Um, We were supposed to do both of these um, last couple episodes before Halloween, but unfortunately... um, Don't tell them are mistakes <laughs> it's not a mistake kesley business one-on-one kesley was very Cover ill there's something wrong with her i got a concussion <laughs> that's why i'm talking like this <laughs> like harry styles and don't worry darling because he can't freaking pick an accent yeah. harry i'm adding him right now he'll never hear at this harry says, at harry says our life Oh, we're Alice. <laughs> Alice. Like, what is that? You're British. You should do a... You should, he should be able to do a British accent. I think they're all actually faking it. What do you... What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. What, what are you talking about? Like, on the island. Like, I think they only do it when they're in front of Americans. On to the reason why we're all here today. This? What do you mean? This is the reason why. <laughs> People just want to hear us talk. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's talk about the art. So... Yeah. I've picked out kind of a spooky painting, and I I know Cassie's like looking at it right now, and she has some thoughts. So Cassie, tell me, tell me your thoughts about this painting. Well, let me describe it first. I would describe this as like a really good sixth grader painting. <laughs> like, you know, in sixth grade when you had art projects, and there was always that one freaking kid who was like the best artist in the class, but then like you know, in retrospect, compared to all the other artists in the world, their painting's not that great. (laughs) This is what I'm seeing. (laughs) That's what I see. It looks like a sixth grader painting. So you have the setting. I assume those are like mountains or hills, but they look more like little weird lumps on the ground in the distance. Um, The colors, the colors are great. The colors are popping out at me. We've got a beautiful blue sky with some bright blues, some mellow blues, some grays, some whites. And then you've got the contrasting grass colors, all your like green, there's some orange tint in there, some brown. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a, a little girl who looks darling. She's she's wearing a little pink dress. Mm-hmm. She's holding a cute little sunflower or a flower of some sort that has yellow petals. Um she looks more like she's been out in the sun Mm -hmm. so her skin color is a little darker and she's wearing well okay here's the thing i don't actually know if she's wearing a mask but there's a mask looking situation as her face Mm -hmm. it's a completely white face mask or skeleton it looks like a skeleton like if you were to just Cut the flesh off of Suze's head right now. Mine. Or mine, I guess. Take all the hair off. Take everything off except for the skeleton. And then leave her body as it is. 
I mean, that's what's happening. You right could now. have just said it looks like a skull, like you know. That I couldn't figure out. I couldn't find the word. Okay. I was like, all I could think in my brain was skeleton. Cutting the so, flesh off of my head. Yeah. So I had to describe it to Why somebody. Me? We all look the same underneath. Well, only one way to find out. That's true. <laughs> After this. After this. <laughs> anyway, so she's got like a skull for a face, and I can't tell if it's a mask or if that's supposed to be her real face, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a mask. And then on the floor, right next to her, um, is this like, it's another mask-ish looking thing, but it, it honestly looks like a monster, an imaginary monster's head cut off. It's got a bloody mouth. The teeth are all janky, very crooked, weird, pushing out. Some are, like, right next to each other. And there's, like, this tongue sticking out of the mouth. And then the eyeballs, there are no eyeballs. It's just white spaces in the eyes. And the skin color of the head is off green, so kind of off-putting. And the thing's got, like, Shrek ears. It looks like donkey ears, but (laughs) also Shrek ears if they were brown. Okay. So here's, so that was my description, but here is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. So this was done, do I tell them who it's done by? Yeah, you can say that. So Frida Kahlo, rest in peace, um, lovely lady, didn't know her, wish I did. Um, <laughs> I think, is this, is it a deep thing? Yeah, knowing what you know about Frida, you know, what do you think this represents? Well, I don't, I don't know if I know that much about Frida. I've watched the movie about her. That's about mm, it. That's about okay. all I know, other than some of her art. But this, to me, seems like the death of, like, the innocence of a child, potentially. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, like, literally, that's what it represents to me, is, like, you're putting a child in very gruesome pieces of matter together at the same in the same thing and that just like to me screams yeah the innocence of either her so this could be like a interpersonal look on her life I'm not sure what what it is but the the loss of innocence that children because like if you think about it I would say almost all children who like grow up to be adults you lose your your innocence or like perspective of the world yeah becomes like you know now the world is shitty now that I'm, I don't know, having to pay bills. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of what it represents to me. Because there's still, like, some sweetness in there of the child. And it also could potentially be, like, coming of age as well. Mm-hmm. Like, coming of age, especially as a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. the You receive the lovely gift of Mother Nature every month. Yeah. It's a monster. Is Me what right I'm now. To say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think the the monster mask symbolizes becoming a, a woman menstrual Honestly, cycle? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's horrible. The worst <laughs> thing in the entire world. Um, that's kind of yeah. That's my interpretation. I think that was very astute. Um, I really liked what you had to say about like a loss of innocence mm-hmm. because you you are kind of spot on actually. Whoa. Yeah, so do you want to know um, yeah, more me, about the me. painting? Okay. Tell me. So um, the painting is called Girl with, Des- with Death Mask, and in parentheses, she plays alone. Um, and the that's artist sad. is Frida Kahlo. Yes. She does play alone. <laughs> and that's kind of an ominous title, though. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, she plays alone. Like, that's lonely, but also creepy. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and it was painted in 1938. It's oil on canvas, and it is surrealism. So what you're telling me is a sixth grader did not paint this. A sixth grader did not paint that, so. Could have potential. No, I don't think a sixth grader could do that, actually. There's a lot of technical skill that goes into something like that. But it's okay. Like, I know you don't appreciate art, so let's just move past. Uh, yeah, I hate art. Art sucks. <laughs> like, I know, like, you don't get it. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine. That's why it's I fine. started this podcast Right, <laughs> right. Thank you, You're welcome. Susanna. Um, but the painting is currently hanging up in the Nagoya City Art Museum in Japan. So, if you want to go why? see it. Why Japan? I can tell you. Tell me. Right now. They bought it. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Capitalism. I don't know. I would just I would just expect it to be to like be where Frida to be like in Mexico. lived her life. Um, I mean that's it's not uncommon. I, I mean, know. I just you know, for art to be because you have to go to Japan. Yeah, okay. I'm never gonna see this painting in my life. There's no way I'm going to Japan. There's so many other places I'd rather go. Okay. Um, well, you just offended our Japanese listeners. <gasps> <laughs> what all none of them all of our international listeners are have been deeply offended international listeners <laughs> you've upset the international bad muse community i'm just saying i have other countries i'd like to visit before japan okay all right the end the end Continue. <laughs> okay um so the little girl in the painting is actually believed to be Frida herself. Some art historians see the self-portrait as a precursor to the suffering that she endured as an adult. Um, the skull mask that the girl is wearing is a traditional Mexican Day of the Dead mask. So, you, you know the sugar skulls? Dia de los, what is it, los Dia muertos? Dia de los muertos. Mm-hmm. Good job. The yellow flower the girl is holding is meant to be a marigold bloom that Mexicans put on graves during the Day of the Dead. So the mask that's by her feet is actually meant to be a tiger, not a monster. I mean, it's meant to be like kind of a grotesque. Yeah, it's meant to look like a grotesque tiger, but it's it's actually based on a real mask that Frida owned that um, was on display at her house. And some say that it's a totem that actually protects against evil, but it does look very grotesque. So, mm-hmm. but do you see the tiger in it? Like, s- <laughs> no, Frida. No, so you're gonna have to redo it. <laughs> okay, sorry, you're gonna have to scrap this one. Come back down to earth just and like redo it. Dragging this. I'm dragging Frida. Oh, girl, she's fine. <laughs> she lived a full life. <laughs> So both of the masks are pretty freaky looking, though, and they seem, like, a little too grotesque and scary for a young girl to be playing with, right? Or wearing. They seem, like, not age-appropriate. Um, and they're possibly symbolizing cruelty and hinting at a dark destiny, which no one can escape. Oh, sick. Mm -hmm. Hate that. Frida painted this while mourning the miscarriage of her own baby. So you can imagine she probably had her own like childhood on her mind and yeah. very sad. Um, but you can see like this painting definitely comes from a dark, dark place. Yeah. And death is actually a very common theme in Frida Kahlo's art. Um, she had constant health issues throughout her life, chronic pain, mm-hmm. and that meant that death was often on her mind. So as one of Kahlo's friends famously remarked, Frida lived dying. Oh, that's a yeah. horrible way to live. It is. It that's is. so sad. So a little bit about Frida Kahlo. 
So she is considered one of Mexico's greatest painters. She was born July 6th, 1907 in Mexico City. Her father was German and her mother was Spanish and indigenous, um, which I didn't know about Frida until recently. Like, I knew that she was Mexican, but I, I never, like, put two and two together. I never thought, like, oh, Carlos not a very oh, yeah. Mexican-sounding last name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that either. Yeah. But, um... Anyways, but she grew up in a blue house in the outskirts of Mexico City known as Casa Azul. Her father immigrated from Germany to Mexico where he met and married her mother, who is half Amerindian and half Spanish. And she had three sisters, two older and one younger. So she was a middle child. And I think her middle child syndrome actually shows in some of her work. That's just my opinion, but... (laughs) I wouldn't know because I'm not a middle child. That's right, you're the oldest. Well, no. I mean... I mean, biologically... No, I'm not the oldest, technically. That's a different podcast. <laughs> you're your mom's oldest child. I am my mom's oldest daughter. So. Um, but Frida had very poor health in her childhood. So I also just, like, thought, like, the fact that she is a middle child hmm. and the fact that she did have poor health in her childhood is can be kind of isolating, you know? You're not getting that attention from your Do you relate? parents, from your friends. Are you relating to this? I mean, I think I spend a lot of time alone in general, um, but that's mostly by choice for oh, me. Okay, okay, okay. But <laughs> I do kind of relate. But she contracted polio at the age of six, and she was bedridden for nine months, which, I mean, is hard at any age, but when you're a kid... Six? Oh. Oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine. That sounds horrible. Yeah, right? Horrible. But the disease caused her right leg and foot to grow much thinner than her left one, so she had a limp after she recovered Mm. from polio. And she always wore long skirts to cover that up for the rest of her life. But even though she had this disability... Um, her father did encourage her to do lots of sports and be active. So she still played soccer. She went swimming. She wrestled, um, which was really unusual um, oh. for a girl, especially at that time. Maybe it's middle child syndrome. Maybe. <laughs> so, but she was like very much a team player. Like you can tell, like she loved to be active. She loved to be out in the world. Um, so I'm sure that made, you know, being sick and bedridden even harder for her. Um, she didn't seem like the kind of person who was, like, very content, just, like, laying around. Um, but she kept a very close relationship with her father for her whole life. Uh, she first actually received art instruction as a child from her father's friend, who was a printmaker. So she went on to become his paid apprentice, although she did not consider art as a career for herself at the time. Um, but by the time she was 18, she was in a severe bus accident that left her bedridden for three months and would result in chronic pain for the rest of her life. She has really bad luck. She I will really say. does. That's just like awful. Luck. Yeah. Really terrible luck. Like, like none of those things were things she could have controlled. She cannot catch a break. But what's interesting is during this time, she actually began to paint medical illustrations. So she was given a mirror so she could paint herself in bed. And she did a lot of, like, anatomy paintings and drawings. She would just look at medical textbooks and, like, paint them. That's really cool, actually. I yeah. Know that. Yeah. That's so very interesting. That's how she got her start. Was and... Medical textbooks. Yeah. But that's also one of the reasons that, like, multiple... Like, many of her paintings are of herself. Because she was alone so often. Because mm. she was bedridden. 
So she just looked in the mirror and painted herself. And she even said, I paint myself because I am often alone and I am the subject I know best. That, wait, that's too brave. I'm sorry. That's insane. Why? Why is it insane to paint yourself? I don't know. To me, that's just like, you, you're you already spending, if you're alone, you're already spending so much time with yourself, with your mind, with your thoughts, uh-huh. everything going on, everything like internal. And then to just go ahead and look at your, stare physically at yourself for hours because painting takes hours, if not days, if not, if not weeks, if not months, if not years. Um, but then you're like staring at yourself Mm -hmm. with all of those thoughts and especially with her having gone through everything that she's gone through. Like that's, I don't know. I feel like that's just very brave to me. Not being, I'm not being like, what's Mm -hmm. the word I'm thinking of? Um, facetious, like genuinely. I think that's very brave to, cause she's essentially facing all of her misfortune and then putting all of that. Mm-hmm. into her painting which yeah exists for forever mm-hmm. like yeah. that's so brave to me I never thought about it that way but you're right it is like it's very vulnerable yeah to paint a self-portrait I w- and she did it several times I would rather die <laughs> I'm sorry I'm never doing that I'd rather die you will one day <laughs> one day yep planning on it I'll invite you don't worry Thank you. To the funeral, not my death. Oh, I was going to be there anyway, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably be some, some weird, tragic accident. Oh, yeah, I was going to be at your death, so that's not my plan. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't remember where you were. Other than she's brave so, for doing that. Self-portraits. Frida Kahlo. Yes. Her early work was influenced by European art, but. Mm. but I can see that. Well, yeah, but her art style drastically changed after she moved to Morelos, Mexico with her husband in 1929. Um, And there she began to take inspiration from Mexican folk art. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. Your environment, you change with your environment. Exactly. Well, and also, like, it's interesting because, you know, she was, like, part European and part Native Mexican. And, like, she, you know, had, like, both of those inside her and then, like... You can tell, like, later, you know, when she reached adulthood, she started really appreciating that indigenous you know culture what? a lot more. I feel like I see that a lot, like, coming from me, who is also a person of, like, mixed cultures. Uh-huh. I feel like, as a child, I was very much more, like, I wanted, I don't want to be a part of my Polynesian culture. Mm-hmm. I just want to exist in, like, this Americanized, you know, Caucasian-filled cesspool that is Salt Lake City (laughs) at the time and so like I don't know I feel like with maturity comes recognizing that I don't know your differences I would say is your differences become more appealing as you get older I don't know it's a weird thing yeah I get that I mean I'm very 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 English (laughs) but I get it but you get it you get it you're woke you got it um (laughs) I'm happy you do appreciate that part of yourself because you. I appreciate that part of you. Thank you. Um, and oh. we're going to Hawaii. We are going to Hawaii in like a couple months. I mean, don't tell them when. Okay. They'll follow us there. <laughs> we don't want the fans to follow us. <laughs> we don't want fans to... Our, literally, I think I'm going to shout them out. 
Parker, I think is our one of our only consistent <laughs> listeners. Shout out to Parker. Oh, that's so nice of him. Yeah. Thank you, Parker. The, he's he's a good trumpet player. <laughs> need a trumpet player. Okay. That's it. That's my plug. You better keep that in, Sus. I will. <laughs> okay. Um, if, if you become a a consistent <laughs> listener, you will get, you a, get shout a shout out. out. So we'll do your first and last name, address, phone number, <laughs> email, Instagram, Instagram. Handle, Twitter. We'll, we'll do everything. it all. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Let's talk about her husband, shall we? Yeah. Do you know who she was married to? I don't know his name. So he was another very famous artist. His name was Diego Rivera. And they had a very tumultuous marriage, Mm. racked by explosive fights and multiple affairs. Sick. Yes. What's the point? Why would you even be married at that point? You know, love. (laughs) No. Yeah. That's not love. You're right. You're right. Um, they were often the subject of each other's paintings. So maybe that's it. Maybe they should have just been each other's muses. I think they were. I think they definitely were each other's muses, and that made it hard to leave the relationship. But it gets crazy. Mm. I will tell you some things. Are you ready? I don't know. I have like PTSD about cheating. Okay. Not because anybody's cheating on me. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Well, okay. So when they met, Diego Rivera was already a well known muralist and Kahlo was unknown. And he was 20 years older than her. Gross. So let no the age gap discourse start. Yeah. TikTok. I'm that not is a, I'm not a fan. Problematic. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um,. But they met actually when Frida joined the Mexican Communist Party. <gasps> I think that's very romantic. Uh, okay. That's how I want to meet my husband. Well. <sighs> in 1930, Kahlo spent six months in San Francisco where she befriended several other artists and worked on further developing her style. During this time, she was publicly known as Diego Rivera's wife rather than an artist in her own right, oh. which she was totally fine with. That's actually how she would introduce herself. Eh. Yeah. Well, she was brainwashed back then. (laughs) Like most women. No, she, I mean, she loved him a lot. Um, And you're going to see exactly how much. So after moving with Diego Rivera to Detroit, she experienced a miscarriage, which resulted in numerous other health issues. This period in Frida's life was especially difficult due to her failing health and her disdain for U.S. capitalist culture. This is when themes of terror, pain, and suffering start to become prevalent in her art. But as her art gained popularity, Frida traveled to art exhibitions in New York, Paris, London, and Boston, where her art shocked and awed audiences. So she was already, like, gaining some fame at that point. Like, she was her art was being um on put on display at several exhibitions like all around the world um even so she still wasn't able to like really make a living from her art until later in life so but during an exhibition in paris there were two paintings which the gallery refused to show because of their shocking nature so that's how controversial their art her art was it wasn't nudity it was like I mean, maybe it was, like, nudity, but... One of them probably. Well, I mean, the French are no strangers to, like, nude art. Like, that's normal. Yeah, but, but it was, um, like, kind of gruesome. Gruesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So our gal. Yep. Frida. <laughs> but because of all of these controversy controversies, her work continued to gain notoriety and she eventually became the first Mexican artist to have her work displayed in the Louvre. That's actually really cool. That is really cool. It's like a big a big deal. Yeah. So if you just stay controversial controversial, like you will Maybe get then famous. we should just talk about all the controversial <laughs> topics on this podcast. Yeah, we should. We should just get crazy. Gay marriage. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we're not... <laughs> Abortion. <gasps> Take that out. Yeah. We're joking. We're actually very... Never mind. I'm pro all of those things. Stop it. Don't joke. They don't know you're joking. I'm not joking. I am pro all of those things. Oh. <laughs> I gotta... I had to think about what we said. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I agree. Thank you. I am too also. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I can't remember the first thing I said though. You said gay marriage. Oh. Ha. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Um, okay. In 1935, Frida discovered that her husband had started yet another affair. Ugh. So at this point, like, he'd had a few affairs under Why? his belt. Why do men do that? She's a beautiful, successful woman. What's the deal? Because men are, not just men, and people who have affairs are... Okay, but what's the statistic on, like... It's mostly men. Yeah. But I'm saying in general, people who have affairs do it because they themselves are unhappy. Right. Like, it's an internal issue. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, communicate. I don't know. Yeah. Go to therapy. I, like, for me, it's very easy to not cheat on someone, mostly because I've been single for six years. But... <laughs> Put that out there. It's easy to not cheat when you're alone. Um, oh, maybe you should go paint. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> paint and join the Communist Party. Yep. We'll be famous. Oh, yes. In the Louvre. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, but this time, this time the affair was different because guess who it was with? Who? Uh, Her younger sister, sick. Christina. Literally, I'd throw Ugh, up. Right? Ugh. Ugh. Um, and obviously, Frida was deeply hurt by this, and she separated from Diego. Yeah, as you should. But did not divorce him. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But she had an affair of her own with an American artist named Isamu Noguchi. He is not American. Well, he he is American, but he had uh, an ethnic name. You can still be American with an ethnic name, Kesley Ta'afua. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So she was having an affair of her own. She and Diego are not divorced, but they're separated. But they did months later reconcile. And she repaired their relationship with her sister as well. So she and her sister are back on good terms. I don't know how I feel about Frida now. Yeah. So even though both she and Diego, like, had reconciled, they still both cons- um, carried on with their extramarital relationships. Oh, my God. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, I don't know how much of it was, like, that they had an open marriage or that they were just, like, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing of just, like, I know you're going to cheat on me. Just, like, don't talk about it. Like, just have the decency to keep it a secret. I just want to know, well, I want to know some psychologist's, like, opinion on this because I feel like there's some psychology in there where it's, like, I don't know. Because I believe, you know, live your life, be in whatever relationship you want. But mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't a purposeful open marriage. And so that, to me, seems very, yeah, like, I don't know, darkened. Not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's very complicated and no one can understand the relationship but them so i don't even think they understood it which is why it happened the way it did (laughs) yeah it's definitely but there's a reason they didn't you know there's a reason they stayed together for so long so Mm. yeah but both she and Rivera successfully petitioned the Mexican government to grant asylum to former Soviet leader Leon Trotsky and offer La Casa Azul, which... What was that? What was that little That thing? was a little drum roll. <laughs> oh, drum roll. Because it's like a weird... It was like a weird little crossover, you know? Oh, uh, like, I see. I see, I see, I see, I see. Out of all the people in the world, like, Leon yeah. Trotsky? I have to admit I'm not familiar. That's a little shocking. Leon Trotsky... Who is that? He was a famous Soviet leader. <laughs> like that's that is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyways, um, so they had him staying at um Frida's childhood home, the Blue House, La Casa Azul, the Blue House in Mexico City. He and his wife Natalia Sedova um, lived there for. A while from January 1937 until April 1939, and Kahlo and Trotsky not only became good friends but also had a brief affair. Of course they did. Of course they did. Of course they did. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. <laughs> so shortly after that, Kahlo and Rivera divorced in 1939. As they yes, <laughs> as they should finally. But they remained friendly, and she continued to manage his finances and correspondence. So clearly they were still like... That's what I'm saying. Some people are just meant to be like friends. And some people are meant to be more than that. Partners. You're not gonna like this. What? So. Oh no. Oh wait. In 1940, Leon Trotsky was assassinated. (laughs) And both Frida and her sister Christina were held in jail for two days as suspects due to a previous association with the killer. So, a little dramatic. That's very dramatic. But they didn't do it. Allegedly. They didn't allegedly. do it. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, so, the following month, Frida traveled to San Francisco for a medical treatment where Rivera was also staying after he fleed oh, no. Mexico following Leon Trotsky's death because he was also a, sus- a suspect. <gasps> Did he do it, though? No. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Um, but there they kind of reconciled, they met up again, and remarried. Ah, but... How old was he this time? 80? <laughs> so after they got married, by all reports, this second marriage was a lot less tumultuous and turbulent than the first marriage. Both of them were ind- independent, though, and continued to have relationships outside of their marriage. So at the, it's at this point that I think, like, that's a purposeful open marriage. I yeah, I think at that point they were like we're going to have an open marriage. Yeah. I can't like say for sure, you know, what their conversations were like behind closed doors. And obviously, they probably were not like public about it, but Yeah. I bet they did have an open marriage at that point. So, um cuz I, I think they were both like you're not going to stop having affairs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop gonna having know. affairs, but they still obviously very deeply cared for each other and could not stay apart for long. So, I mean, he cheated on her with why? her sister, and just, she, like, took him back months later. I just want to know why why get married at all. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point, then? I wish you could ask her. 
Frida, Frida, oh Frida in the sky. Yeah. Why <laughs> did you marry that guy? Multiple times. I mean, just like non-romantic reasons off the top of my head, like tax purposes. Back then? Yeah, they, there were still taxes back then. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay. Tax purposes, medical purposes, like, you know, insurance. Um, They were both immigrants, so it might have been easier as well. I don't think insurance worked the same as you think it does I don't know. Now. I don't know how insurance works and now did, either. Insurance didn't really exist Yes, then. it did. No, it didn't. Insurance existed in the 1940s. Not personal medical insurance. Look it, it up. I won't. Well, I believe you. I feel, well, I could be wrong slightly, but okay. I don't feel like it's been that it long. It still helps to be someone's next of kin if, like, anything Something should happens. happen. Yeah. So, and also they loved each other. Even So even though they were still sleeping with other people. Love is not a reason to get married, people. <laughs> you need much more reasons than that. You tell them. <laughs> That's all. Uh, well, I'm also to the Gen Zs because it's too late for us millennials. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it might make sense if, I mean, only someone who's not homophobic could understand this. But when someone in the relationship is bisexual, um, That's a good point. maybe you know, like Frida was, you know, sometimes you want to explore things outside of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. That's not a reason, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> no. Could be. I don't know. Like, everyone's reason for having an open relationship or being polyamorous well, is even, different. I'm not even talking about the open relationship. I'm just talking about marriage. Well, yeah. Having an open marriage. Like, everyone's reason for getting married is different, you know? Well, I think Frida's wrong. Okay. Well. Wrong twice. <laughs> wrong twice. Sorry. Sorry, Frida. Frida Kahlo canceled. I'm really coming for it. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, but Frida was bisexual, though, and she did yeah. have relationships with both men and women, but like I said, like, as far as we can tell, her relationships with women were always more physical, and she was always more romantic with the men. Um, but that's not to say that she didn't love the women that she was with. It just seemed like she had a deeper romantic appreciation for men than women. Um, but despite her fame, Kahlo struggled to make a living from her art until the late 1940s because she refused to adapt her style to clients' wishes. So even though at this point she was, like, very well known in her own right and had, like, traveled the world through all of these exhibitions and stuff and was in the Louvre, like, it was still hard for her to make a living as an artist. <laughs> so, jot that down. Um... <laughs> During her life, Frida Kahlo suffered several miscarriages and three therapeutic abortions when it became clear that her body would be unable to carry a pregnancy to term. Most of her darker paintings call attention to her pelvic area and uterus. Hmm. Very sad. Um, but it's believed that her infertility was actually due to scarring on her uterus, possibly caused by the traumatic the bus, bus accident, accident in her youth. <gasps> Aww. Yeah, so that, like, really came back to haunt her in um, her later life. And her infertility and other health issues weighed heavily on her for the rest of her life. She was operated on more than 30 times in her life. And by the mid-1940s, her back had worsened to the point that she could no longer sit or stand for long periods of time. So she just laid in bed. Yep, pretty much. I mean, chronic pain, that'll do that. So. Yeah. But she had several infections as well after suffering a failed spinal surgery oh. and experienced leg pain that also became chronic. Oh, 
gosh. So her body's just breaking down. She's just not having a good time. She lived dying, as her friend said. Ugh, what a curse. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> and months before her death, Frida endured a partial amputation on her leg. No. And that made her increasingly depressed and dependent on painkillers. As it should. Yeah, so now we're bringing substances into it. I mean, like, at that point, though, how can you not? Like, how do you get through life sober? Like, you know, she's already in so much pain. I would have done the same. Yeah. But she... (laughs) Bless her heart. She still began another affair. How is she... I just want to know how she's healthy enough to even have sexual intercourse. Like... If, if part of my leg was amputated, I can't sit. I can't stand. Yeah. Even, even, I'm not going to get into it. But, like, who has the energy if you're in chronic pain to you do know? these things? If you, if you got the libido for it, I say keep going. Gosh. Till you're her. on your deathbed. Which she is. <laughs> Um, but even though she'd begun another affair, um, she still attempted suicide by overdose. So she was kind of not in a good place emotionally. And she wrote in her diary in 1954, they amputated my leg six months ago. They have given me centuries of torture. And at moments I almost lost my reason. I keep on wanting to kill myself. Diego is what keeps me from it, though my vain idea that he would miss me or through my vain idea that he would miss me. But never in my life have I suffered more. I will wait a while. Dot, dot, dot. Mm, So, yeah. At that point, you're kind of wondering, like, is she planning something? Yeah. But in her last days, Kahlo was mostly bedridden with bronchopneumonia, though she still made a public appearance on July 2nd, 1954, her last public appearance, participating with Diego Rivera in a demonstration against the CIA invasion of Guatemala. So still doing activism while on her deathbed. Wow. Like, that's incredible. Um, She she seemed to anticipate her death as she spoke about it to visitors and drew skeletons and angels in her diary. The last drawing was a black angel, which biographer Hayden Herrera interprets as the angel of death. It was accompanied by the last word she wrote, I joyfully await the exit and I hope to never return. Frida. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nice knowing that she was ready. Yeah, ready to go, but that's such a sad, the fact that her life had consisted of so much just hardship. Yeah. To push her to the point where, I don't, how old was she? When she passed away. She was 47. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. She was so young. Ugh. That's horrible. That is horrible. Yeah, that's younger than my mom, even. Yeah. That is crazy to think about. And she wanted to go. Yeah. But yeah, I would too if I was literally existing in all of that pain and discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like, you don't really have a lot to look forward to. Um, but she suffered a pulmonary embolism at 47 years old that resulted in her death. However, one of Frida's nurses insisted she had taken an overdose of pills the night that she died. No autopsy was ever performed. She had also given Diego um, an anniversary present a month early that evening. So. So, she probably killed herself. She possibly. 
possibly died by suicide, but we'll never know. Never but know. it seems like she knew that she was going out either way. I was going to say, yeah, either way she's gone. So if she did commit suicide, you know, her terms. We need to put yeah. like a trigger warning on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> um, but Frida Kahlo's body was taken to the Palacio de Bellas Artes, where it lay in state under a communist flag. And that's the end of Frida Kahlo's life. So knowing what you know now. I feel bad about being mean about (laughs) But, I mean, that was your honest interpretation, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I still... Sorry, Frida. (laughs) Yeah. She went through so much, and here I am. A millennial who knows no pain. You know pain. Making fun of her. I wasn't making fun of her. You literally just got a concussion. What do you mean you know no pain? That's not like, I'm not freaking dying. I can list like four of your health conditions right off the bat right now. Don't tell them I'm dying. (laughs) You're not dying, but. Don't tell them I'm frail. (laughs) I do feel bad though. Like that's a really hard life. Very tragic. I mean, not that the whole thing was bad. I mean, I'm sure like any of us, she, you know, she definitely had her health issues and that was very tragic towards the end. But I think like overall, I mean, she had a lot of lovers. She had a very successful career. I mean, like, yes, the end of her life was tragic, but I think painting her out to be like a tragic person yeah. I mean, that's that's the way a lot of people tell her history, which, you know, it had its moments, but everyone deals with hardships, and I think overall, like, she had a lot of love in her life, it yeah. seemed like. I would say, yeah, her history is tragic, and but she was not. She seems like she rose above it all, which she did through her art, through her relationships. Yeah. Now we know who she is. Many people go through this life. Yeah. Who we don't know. So yeah. I mean, she's like she made something out of her life. One of the most well-known and, artists of all time. So yeah, yeah, she definitely like took her pain and like created something with it. In her art. Yeah, she didn't let it defeat her. I mean, some people might say otherwise, but I think like the fact that she still made art out of it is very. Um, I don't want to use the word inspirational, but <laughs> commendable. No, I mean, it can be, but I think it's more commendable that she didn't, like, because when when I've been sick, you know, more more than just, like, a cold or anything, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I, like, the time that I got really sick, all I did was lay in bed. I had no desire to create. I had no desire to improve my circumstances. I was just depressed. And the fact that she was still doing things, like, I do, like, really admire that about her. Yeah. Even if she was making, like, really tragic art, like, she was still expressing herself. Yeah. So. I feel like a lot of people who have gone through tragic experience, I mean, look at Van Gogh. Yeah. In his life. And obviously his paintings weren't discovered until well after he had passed away, but I feel like true artists find a way to put their feelings and emotions, whether happy, sad, middle ground, into something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my hot take. <laughs> Back to the British accent. That's my hot take. Don't You don't do things when you get sad. I literally, if I'm, like, depressed about a boy, uh-huh. a boyfriend, or, like, 
I don't know, just, like, not feeling great, I have to, like, in order to emote, I have to, like, create something. So that I'm not, like, stuck in the prison that that is my mind. I don't do that. I just fall into the hole. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I did that instead. No, you don't. I do. It's much better to have an outlet, for sure. Mm. I have ideas, but I never act on them. You should do that. I know I should, but I won't. (laughs) But I won't. Here we are. It's depression, baby. (laughs) Uh, We're going to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast, just in case. Yeah. Anybody, this was a deep one. Yeah, it was. Sorry for being all depresso. Good job, us. Yeah, good job, us. You know, when I was editing the last one, you were burping so much. You burped like four times. I literally can't help it. I loved that What goes in must come out, as they say. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.